Set your sail for the orange and blue sea. This is the Java Men Fighting Illini podcast presented by the Big Banter Network. This is Suds. I'm here with the Doc. I'm here with Java Etch. Boys, what's going on? Welcome to the pod tonight. What's up, Legs? Good to be back. Hey, fellas. Good to be back. Um, The weather's turning. The nights are getting longer, and I'm ready to (laughs) scour the Big Ten Seas. (laughs) <laughs> are you boys ready for this basketball season i think we're like 10 days away is that right does, does anyone actually i think you got the schedule handy what's the date on the first exhibition game yeah so the first exhibition is on october 20th against ottawa um so we're we're almost just over a week away and then um kansas after that but we're within a month of the regular season starting november 6th against east eastern that's wild well, I think we're all ready for basketball season after what's going on with, with the Illini <laughs> football. But very disappointing so far. The last, the, the debut of the season two of the Java Men, there was very, very high hopes for Illini football, and that hasn't panned out. But we got to turn the page. Yeah. I, you're, you're three of Bert. Um, they're definitely trending the wrong way. But, um, you know, if, if you're looking at past history of football, that's that's less of a disappointment than you know a bottom of the Big Ten finish in basketball. So, our our best time of the year is yet to come, fellas. So, how are you guys feeling? I, I know I said my piece a little bit in the last episode debut of of season two. I want to hear how you guys are feeling about the squad um, here in in 2023 2024. I love the squad, the talent that they bring back. There's just, you know, the obvious question mark is just what what do they do at at point guard? And you just can't really. <laughs> it's hard to believe that you know Rogers could, as good as I think he can be. It's, it's hard to believe that he's going to come out and be like a good point guard in the first game after playing power forward or whatever. Etch, that's your guy. I feel like. Yeah, Ty, Ty's a dog. He's my dog. I ride with him. Speaking of riding with him, I saw Illini men's basketball um, Twitter, Instagram put out a video of Ty driving to the practice facility. It was still dark out. And he's in a B- <laughs> he's, he's he's driving a he's driving a BMW. So I know when when Undy was on one of those videos, Brad Underwood, uh, the head coach, was on one of those videos at the beginning of. Well, it's not. Undy's been there for a long time. I guess seven seasons. So. He, he was on a video and they showed him going to Starbucks, um, getting one of those early morning Javas, which is cool. But Ty driving a BMW, going to the facility in the dark preseason got me all jacked up. The no budget must be pretty good. Pretty good. Champagne. Yep. If, Ty's, if Ty's driving a, a BMW, damn. Yeah, yeah you got to get the videos posted uh, before the sun is rising. That reminds me of, uh, I, I know we don't like to speak of the Bears on this podcast, but when they hired <laughs> Poles, there was a nice video of Poles getting to Hellas Hall before the sun was rising. Yeah, I Undy, think they, I, I bumped into Undy. Did I, I told you guys, right? I bumped into Undy. Yeah, he where was, was that? Yeah, his big Rolex. He was in a great mood. It was up in the, um, like the suites for the football game. Went to a game that oh, was, yeah. uh, Java Jesse, and it was kind of after they're already getting blown out by Penn State. And we were, I was leaving, but I was waiting for Jesse outside the suite, just kind of like in a daze, daydreaming. And there's a guy walking by out of the corner of my eye. I looked at him, I gave him a thumbs up. I said, Good game, huh? And it was Undy. And I was like, Oh, sh-. I, I was surprised by that it was Undy. And he stopped and, uh, <laughs> he, um, dude. So he, I, I was able to dap, dap him up. Um, <laughs> You should have got a quick pick, man. I oh, yeah, I thought about it in hindsight, and I was like, he's probably not up there to be bothered, huh? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I read uh, an article from Jeremy today, and there was a quick analogy that Brad was throwing out where 
um, you know, shooting threes within the first seven, eight seconds of the, the shot clock's equivalent to throwing a, a pick on <laughs> on first or second down. He was quoting Bird on that one. That, so. that should make that should make Java Jubes pretty happy. <laughs> uh, I mean, what, you, some... a, you asked Legs, like, what do you, how do you feel about the season? The issues are the same as they were last year, right? There's a lot of guys who play <laughs> yeah, that can't exactly. shoot free throws. <laughs> They're going to have... Dude, we are... <laughs> Free throws are going to be a problem. Three-point shooting is a question mark. If Ty Rogers can't be a good point guard, they're in a lot of trouble because I don't think they have another option at point guard. The one thing I read from CBS when it was talking about some new guys that might get time, they referenced the Moretti guy, and they said he's Australian. I thought he was Italian. Is that a typo? What? No, Moretti. He's for sure Italian. They call him Australian in CBS. I hope that's a typo. I'm pray. Yeah. I I pray that's a typo. <laughs> yeah. He's he's getting Nico Moretti's got to be Italian. <laughs> because I mean, Legs. I know Legs Senior had a uh, a disappointing DNA <laughs> test for yeah. his Italian. Oh well, lineage. yeah. You know, it came back. You never know. Well, so my dad's my dad's parents, my grandma, hundred percent Slovenian. And my grandpa, 100% Sicilian. Nick Lag Sr. gets the test back, and it comes out like 95% Slovenian. So he wasn't thrilled about that. It's a Slovene. Nick Sr.'s had a rough go, though. He he needs success <laughs> out of this Illini basketball program. There's no doubt about that. I, I'm worried I have... about the free throws. Yeah, the, that free throws are going to be a, a serious problem. That's just going to be painful to watch. I have um, an Italy trip coming up from uh at the end of october beginning of november so i'm going to be doing the on the ground boots on the ground covering nico moretti to the extent any italian knows who he is i I will find (laughs) i will find somebody while i'm wearing my illini quarter zip knows nico moretti but i looking looking at the way last season went um and seeing those same issues in terms of the point guard in terms of you know same same head coach and thinking about the schism on the javaman between the uh, human centipede that is sewn up to Brad Underwood <laughs> um, who is very forgiving deferential and um, on one hand and then on the other hand we have the squad who is Always got the muskets ready um, at the slightest sign of adversity. Um, what would you say that split is? 50-50 squad versus human centipede? On the on the Javaman? Sure. It's a good question, Doc. That would be an excellent segment. Um, that would be an excellent segment to get everybody on the record to show where they stand in terms of on the pede. I actually think the, the human centipede is is less volume but it's much higher um devotion and passion to the to the human excrement that comes out of it but i think the fire so the firing squad has probably more members but um that's just a byproduct of being a fan like you know you the winds you know kind of dictate how that goes but but so i think the way last season ended um and the you know all the drama with Sky during the season with Jaden Epps leaving with whatever Matthew Monster Meyer was, um, <laughs> I like I really like and I I'm I'm not a member I I don't know if I cons- consider myself a member of the squad but I definitely you know Underwood is a good maybe elite program builder but he's a bad X's and O's coach I think he did a great job during this off season. And I think a lot of the shortcomings from last year are going to be mitigated by the people that he brought in with the mask and Harmon, um, older guys, guys who are more sure handed, um, who like the mask averaged 16.7 points last year, Harmon averaged 14. So they're guys who have been the guy and they, they just can't be and won't be on this team. So I like yeah. for for as big of a critic of Underwood as I am, um, 
I I loved what he did this offseason. He didn't he didn't get that crucial piece, the point guard, but um yeah, I you know, we I ride with Ty, so well, he went so and he I'm, went old. He went old with he, those guys you mentioned, right? Like Demansk and the Utah Valley guy, Harmon. Um one tidbit I'll drop in here from that game I was up in the suites with. I was definitely out of place just in terms of the you know, the people I was with, so I got some inside baseball and some of the NIL type stuff and um sky clark got all of his money up front negotiated to get it all up front um and as soon as he 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 keeps sorry to interrupt you doc but he keeps that i assume if he gets if if money goes in the bank account came all up front and he got it got to keep it all as soon as he left and he he left after he didn't start one game so there really wasn't incentive like to stick around once it didn't start going well um but you look at this year and you look at Undy, who he brought in, like I'd rather rely on the guys that we're relying on now than, you know, a freshman point guard that played at five high schools. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's wild that they get, there's no claw. I mean, I understand, I get it. It'd be hard to claw that money back, but there's got to be some sort of, I mean, that's probably the flaw with the nil program, right? Like, I don't know how you can structure something where it's like you're getting a payment so apparently that's not apparently that's not the market anymore this year. Yeah. But at the time they signed yeah. Clark, it was brand new and they needed a point guard. And so the market for him at that time was to pay it all up front. So what's Epps' excuse? So, okay, I I said I'd had one thing. So I have a couple. Um, <laughs> Epps asked for more money in the middle of the year. Oh, my God. Jeez, so there was thank a, God he left. That's absurd. A, a fundra- fundraising effort it, that w- – w- you know, they underwent a fundraising effort that failed and he left. You know, all I, all I can say is best of luck to Jaden Epps at George, <laughs> Georgetown um, program. B-O-L. B-O- B-O-L at- yeah, B-O-L. Best of luck to Epps at Georgetown. Maybe a new coach this year. Maybe they'll catch fire. Not likely. And then sky at louisville same same sort of issue once proud programs that are floundering so best of luck to those guys wish them nothing but the best um what about our guy rj who nick Lack's senior guy rj yeah i don't do RJ, you think georgia where, paid him a lot of money i kind of do you think that. he got some cash from georgia i can't really see that i Just bet georgia is from a year isn't georgia like one of the big power or like one of the two power five schools that hasn't made the tournament in like years i i thought there was like some terrible stat out there on georgia i could be wrong I'll, they're, I'll have to they're bad i mean tom crean got bounced out of there not that long ago they yeah they just never go to the tournament it seems like yeah that, and that's pretty amazing with atlanta right right by athens but i think so as much as i ride undy for not adjusting in game he's adjusted his nil strategy his roster building strategy in a way that true very different than uh than last year and i think better i think we're gonna see that early and often this season so agree all right guys i want to jump in the first segment but before we do i just want to highlight something both you said with how experienced this team is we have four fifth year guys on this squad. I think if my numbers are right, I mean, guys that are going to get PT. Uh, we got TSJ, Harmon, Domask, and Guerriere. Guerriere is kind of like a forgotten guy. I feel forgot like about we him. just... Totally yeah, forgot about him. That guy, he, you know he was all ACC sophomore year? I know he can rebound year. the shit out of the ball. His three is average and his free throws are not good, right? Yeah, I think I think he was like 34% be beyond the arc last year i read but he you kind of know what you're getting though with him yeah he's a i mean he's player. a fifth year guy right yeah. like he's solid fifth year guy like I'll great take size it, you know can what re- I mean? hey he can rebound so 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 four fifth year guys that are going to play coleman who's a senior did we all did any of us think coleman was going to stay four years I, that's wild yeah I did no not think and that. neither oh I, I said i had one thing then i had two i've got three so apparently so Shannon's camp was always, you know, once he entered the draft, his his people, his family were always in touch with the university and, and the NIL. And so that when they when he came back, it was no surprise and they already had what they needed for him financially to kind of commit. And 
Coleman was the opposite where he, he left and communicate and they thought he was gone. And then oh. kind of last minute he came out of the draft and he's like, Hey, is there anything left? Oh, like, what, what do you have? What do you Coleman. have for me? Yeah. Um, well, good for Coleman to stay though, you know, so he, he could, cause he could have transferred, right? He, so he probably thought he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Coleman, I, I Coleman and Coleman and Ty, I think are two players with the most to gain this year Yeah, and take the biggest steps, make the most for their future, both potential, you know, like, definitely have the talent and skills to play in the NBA. Those two have big, big seasons coming up. And, so and Shannon is a, uh, Shannon makes 700,000 to play for one per year. So that's like the market. That's the market for wait, like wait. an all big 10 player is like 700 grand. TSJ is making 700 K this year again. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, that's, that's smart for him. to. What stay. would Kofi, so he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to make the Kofi. NBA, right? Yeah, dude, what was he thinking? We could have had Kofi for like six years. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't he stay? Bad, is he, how is he doing? Is that, we're going to have to do, not not this pod, we'll do a castaway sesh on uh, on Kofi. We'll get the numbers. Yes. We'll, we'll get the spy on, on Kofi. Those list of, and, lists of castaways is getting really long. <laughs> it's big, dude. <laughs> Hey, it's it's 2023, man. The the list never ends these days. So, all right, that's five guys that are fifth years or seniors that are getting significant PT, and then you got Goody, who's a junior. That's six players that are upperclassmen. That's it's sincere. Five. I mean, sincere's experience. He got a lot of good yeah. time last year. Ty, I mean, even like our sophomore and Dane is Dane's a sophomore, right? But he's really a junior. He's older than that, yeah. So you're talking like about it. guys. No freshmen. They're not yeah. relying on every, any freshmen. I, I think Trey Gibbs, I maybe it. maybe he, yeah. you know, hopefully he doesn't have to do much because I think that would mean that Rodgers is struggling. Um, yeah. But the word out of the team is that he, he looks like he could be pretty good. So Dre and then Hansberry are the freshmen. Am I missing a freshman? I thought there were three key guys. Maybe it's, is it just Dre and Hansberry? Just those two. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not bad. Not a bad roster at all. I, but I, I think you hit it on the head, Doc. Free throws, shooting, point guard. So we'll see, boys. Let's get into the first segment. Doc, we're following the booty. I want to hear from you about our beloved coach, Brad. Talk to me about about the cash, mm-hmm. about the booty. Yeah, so this is, this is basically a like a benchmarking for – NCAA tournament success amongst the highest paid coaches in college basketball, right? And so, you know, and this came in kind of as like a request. There was an inquiry, if you will, which was like, hey, can you look at how the highly paid coaches have done in in the tournament over time, right? So, okay. Which I I think that inquiry was inspired around sort of tournament time. Last year, you might remember there were rumors circulating that, that Texas Longhorns had Brad Underwood oh, yeah. on a short list of potential candidates to be their next um, head coach. And keep in mind, this was while Rodney Terry, who they've since hired, was leading basically Chris Beard's former squad that, that he built, and he was leading them deep into the into the tournament. And on one side of things, it's like, okay, I, I could see, you know, BU, he did good things at Stephen F. Austin, which is a Texas school, right? You know, they, they played... Um, against Oklahoma State, Texas did while Brad was the coach there in the Big 12. I could see I could see, you know, Texas having interest in BU um in in wanting him, but on you know, the other hand, it's like, wait, why would Texas you know have a high level of interest in in BU like cuz in this NIL, you know, era in particular, like Texas is such a top top coaching destination just because of the dollars. Um and Brad has that goose egg on his resume for the sweet 16, right? Like we, we always talk about it. Plus Texas has, has a guy there with Rodney Terry at the time. Who's knocking on the, he was in the elite eight knocking on the door for the final four. Yet Brad's name is swirling for, for Texas, which you think about it a little more and you're like, there's no way they, that he could be on the short list. But at the same time, all the top writers and college basketball were saying he was in the mix. Um, so I think this is a theory of mine. I think BU or his rumor planet or his agent planted the rumor, um, into the media himself. Um, who knows? But after Illinois was bounced from the tourney at that time, if you remember, he went on the, uh, it was Dan Dockett's show. Shout out 
Dan Dockage, that weirdo. Um, <laughs> and he so, but during the interview, BU was rattling off names of Texas players like he knew everything about oh, like, I do the remember squad. That. that made its way around of the Illini faithful. So that made its way around and people were just dying like, oh my God, he must really be interviewing for the job just yeah. based on how much he knew about the team, which they did That's play hilarious. against Texas earlier in the year yeah. right so maybe he remembered like that much of the scout which i kind of doubt um but no matter what he was studied up at season's end on the longhorns team so maybe he was you know being interviewed or maybe he planted a seed and kind of is building leverage for himself kind of you know that way it's always good to be you know a candidate for one of the top open jobs right um so without further ado there's 15 looked at the top 15 paid coaches um Brad's one of them. And this is this is across D1. This is across, uh, yeah, men, D1 men's basketball. So it's basically just power five guys you'll see on, on the list. Yeah. Um, oh, and what do we think, you, you guys, what do we think of Illinois as a program? Do we consider it a top 25 job, a top 15 job? What do you think? I, so, Doc, I think this goes back to a lot of discussions we had, right? Like, when you think about expectations for the program and how we're judging Brad, I myself like to view us as a top 15 program, right? So I, I don't know if the results have reflected that in terms of postseason play, but yeah, I mean, I like to say if top three big 10 every year, and that means success in the postseason as well. I don't know. What do you think, Edge? I think on the back end, 25, but closer closer to 15 for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 15 to 25 is probably fair, right? Like yeah, I think every year, fair. I think, yeah. Well, either way, the reality is it pays like a number seven job. It pays like the number, number seven, seven job in, in the country if you just if you just look at the um, mm. at the money. And, and, and look, we know Brad's done great things at Illinois, wow. done great things elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I remember well, I was what's golfing. What's the number, Doc? I'll, Sorry, I'll, I'll get to the number, uh, but um, he's, oh, I'll just tell you now, he's number eight nationally. Um, so really, he's either number seven or eight, whether or not you cr- consider Chris Beard um, getting paid by Ole Miss or getting paid by Texas. He's either seven or oh, eight. Oh, I see. I see what you mean. Okay. Um but either way, top top ten in, in terms of money. Like I said, he's done great things. I was golfing over the summer at Whistling Straits randomly with two gentlemen from Nacogdoches, <laughs> Texas. Hell yeah! And they asked me oh, where yes. I went to college, and I, I was like, oh, I it's like went, went to Illinois. Um, and this guy's teeing off on the first hole, and he says in just the most amazing Texas accent, I can't do it justice. But he's he's like in his backswing, and he just goes the Illini. <laughs> And he smacks it and he goes, so is you, are you a Brad Underwood fan? And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, he's, you know, he's bringing them to the tournament every year. And, um, anyways, those two guys, their impression of Brad was that he, you know, took the same guys that were on the team before and turned them in, you know, from nothing into something. So they were, they were big fans. So we know he can coach, we know he can build teams and get to the tournament, um, and whatnot. But like I said, he's, he's the number seven, number eight you know, paid coach in, in the league. So amongst these top 15 coaches, let's let, let me run you through the, you know, the money they make and then sort of what their tournament success has been. Um, and these first few guys, like you, there's not much to stay about them. Like Calipari is the number one paid at eight and a half million. He's been to a billion final fours. He's been to six. He's won championships. Bill Self's been to, you know, has won multiple championships, four final fours. Tom Izzo is number three at 5.7 million. Um, He's been to eight Final Fours, eight. Rick Barnes um, is next at number four, five and a half million. He's been to a Final Four. On top of that, he's been to seven. He's been the Sweet Sixteen uh, seven times. That's that was mostly with Texas. Well, it, uh, I'd have to look, but I think Where, he's been to the Sweet Barnes Sixteen with Tennessee as well. Oh, Tennessee, yeah, okay. okay. But either way, so Bar- Barnes has a Final Four. He has seven Sweet Sixteens. Bruce Pearl's yep. next. He's number five on the list. He's been to a Final Four. He has um, four Elite Eight. Pearl. Or sweet. Yeah, he's been to four Sweet Sixteens on top of that Final Four. So he's had Inclu- five runs in the tournament. Including one with Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Right. Right. So wow. I don't re- wow, Edge. Well done. I do not remember that. Eighth grade basketball camp went there. 
That's so like those five guys, they have the final fours. They have just many, many runs to the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, like on top of that final incremental, that final four. Um, yeah. And then number six is Chris Beard, who he is a really good comp at number six because he uh, he he's been to a final four. He's been to Elite Eight, but he hasn't been around forever like a lot of those other guys I mentioned who have been coaching for a long time. Um, he's actually coached less seasons than than Underwood, but his tournament success is just not comparable to to Brad's. He's, you know, he's been to a final four and another um Elite Eight. And if you if you count what Rodney Terry did with Texas, that'd be another one. Because they took his team to the Elite Eight, right? Um so he's number six. Number seven is Tony Bennett, who makes four point eight million a year. Um you know what he's done? He's won a championship. He's been to yeah. you know several Elite Eights and Sweet Sixteens on top of that. And then you get to BU at number eight, who is four point six million a year <clears throat> with zero with zero sweet sixteens. Um zero sweet sixteens. Brad's so never made a sweet sixteen. He never right. did it with uh well, where was he? Stephen F. Austin and then Oklahoma. Round of thirty two, yeah. So those are the seven guys who get paid more than than Brad, who all have, you know, much, much better tournament um resumes so you so who's next right numbers nine through 15 i'll just read all them off but bob huggins mick cronin muscleman buzz williams dana altman tommy lloyd kevin willard um you know and those guys are all basically making four million bucks a year um which is a little bit less than brad's four four point six uh you know but you look at how many times all those guys have been to the final four and sweet 16 and it's it's every single one of them except kevin willard has been to multiple um sweet 16s cleaning out the musket doc cleaning out the musket you're convincing me how many years does underwood have left on his contract? <laughs> i was actually thinking the same thing what's the what is the contract right now does it say what's well, 4.6 per um i'd have to check to see how long it goes out because he redid it within the past year or two I assume it's all guaranteed too, right? Do we know? I have to check. We don't know. But I think it was what, two two years ago, I think they re-upped him and extended. Yeah. You know, I'm not but, saying a line I I'm not saying a line I do something like this drastically, because I'm still I still have a little leash left for BU, but hypothetically speaking, you know, we go another two years and we don't make a sweet sixteen. Do you think a guy like Shaka Smart, you offer him 4.6 mil and he would come to Champaign? Uh, no, um, I don't I don't think he would. But just the in looking at these top 15 coaches, Underwood is like the, the true outlier in terms of having tournament yeah. success. And so I think the longer that continues to be the case, if it's two more years, then you've really got to – that becomes much more of an issue, I think, because he still has a little bit of an excuse now. Um but the fact is, is, is that he's an outlier. We all, we, all, we, you know, when they hired him, you can't just go out and get the coach you want, right? Isn't it an attractive job? Yeah. yeah, it's not the best job. Shaka Smart said no. But, but for four point six mil, why, why would Shaka go to Marquette for half the money? I, I, I don't know what Shaka's making. I, I, I heard that Shaka is he's done the big time, big state school. Um, He's had that experience that didn't go well, and he's found a niche up in Milwaukee, a little bit less pressure, um, and yeah. and he's he you know he he did well with a mid major um, before. So what what jumps out at me, Spinny, here in that list is that on the one hand, Illinois, Josh Whitman, Illinois Athletics is paying money to keep good coaches, program building coaches around, and he's paying them based on to, to, in part to prevent them from moving on. But, yeah. but also he's, you know, trying to, he, it's, he's trying to make a bet. Um, and Underwood has put the program in place to make that a possibility down the, down the road. I mean, man, I, I, I still have nightmares about that Loyola game. Um, I, I just got to say it. I hate I hate rehashing it, but I 
you know, he, he's gotten them to a one seed. He's gotten the players. He's consistently finishing around the top of the Big Ten. If you if you took out the NCAA tournament from that equation and just based it all on conference play and program building, Underwood belongs right in the middle of that group from like seven to fifteen or whatever. Yeah, but it, but but the the leash is getting short. I mean, some some people are you know saying there is no leash, but lags. If if <laughs> if we go two more years and there is no second weekend of the NCAA tournament and his contract he's coming up on his last year last yeah. two years I mean th- th- to me it's it's not a no-brainer and you never know what the future holds and the circumstances for them not getting to the second weekend but um that would be a failure totally. straight up so um yeah I Undy is a genius for making the amount of money that he's making and for having the, and for having the bag in case Illinois decided, you know what? You you've you've made us relevant. You've put us at the top and top of the Big 10, top 5 program in the Big 10, but can't get it done in March. Undy is a genius for doing that. So, I like I said at the beginning, I think his offseason was great. He's shown ability to change strategy philosophy over the long haul building a team it would just be great if that same sort of flexibility and um willingness to try new things happened in a game or in a stretch of five games so um yeah that you know that that is besides not making the second weekend of the big 10 i think spinning your analysis is the biggest indictment and the biggest piece of ammo for the for the squad as we look at Underwood. Zach, who made the inquiry, by the way? Uh, Jubes. Someone on the Java Jubes. Java Jubes. Java Jubes. No surprise there. Yeah, I mean, that, I, Etch, it's scary that we had two first-team All-Americans on the same team and we didn't make the Sweet 16. I mean, is that – are the yeah. line I going to have two first-team <laughs> All-Americans on the same team anytime soon? And that's the one really bad year. That's the one like unacceptable outcome that you have in a tournament. Cause I'm full on peed at this point where like, I am totally a believer in you. You get a crack at the tournament you keep getting there. Eventually something good is going to happen. And I know yeah. that, I know that the, that's um, fair doc. The firing squad is, you know, has a running joke where it's like, Oh, okay. So what's the excuse this time? What's the excuse this time? And there's this long list of stuff that like needs to go right in order to advance to the second weekend which i i recognize like they they haven't done it but it's kind of like baseball you, you got to get into the yeah dance and then you're talking about two games and anything can happen and he's obviously that guy that brings them gives them a chance every year um you know who knows if you know hey maybe we could be the d-backs this this year 84 wins here, NLCS for the Diamondbacks. Here, here's there you go, Doc. Here's good analogy. So I I buy that part of the peed that you're you're putting yourself in the position to hit the home run and and make the run in the tournament every year. But and I, I said this at the beginning of last year, we we had seen this movie before. Like if you if you would have asked how, what's the likely outcome in the NCAA tournament, and it was well you get like a what were they an eight seed against Arkansas and Arkansas takes them out because I mean, it's not exactly on all fours, but um, Arkansas out athletic athletic them. And then oh, out, they killed him. He got, and he got, he got, yeah. out, he got out coach too. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, how, we, we like we take a ton of threes. Yeah. So, two? so I, I buy getting to the tournament and then rolling the dice, but what the, the problem with Underwood is, the Loyola game, the Chattanooga game the following year, the Houston game, which was a great game. It was close. Um, yeah. Before RJ hanging on the rim. Um, you know, it, you've seen the limitation. The limitation is Underwood. That's the limitation. It wasn't, it hasn't been talent, although that Houston team is way more talented than that Illinois team. Um, but, but especially that Loyola game, the limitation is Underwood. Um, so 
I don't know. I think yeah. keep keep rolling the dice. Keep getting there. Keep getting you know decent seeds, and then make the run. But there's there's not a lot of runs left if he's not getting to the second weekend. I think I'm I'm not fully on the squad, but I'm definitely not on the peed. Even though I gave him a lifetime contract last year, um, or I think it was two years ago. Uh, bad bad looking lifetime contract. But um, yeah, I, he's got In he's pencil. got um, he's got five years left on the contract. He, oh, he did five years. It goes out to twenty seven, wow. twenty eight. Um, for twenty nine million. So what's that? Five times. Yeah, um, it, it it's at four point five or four point six now, and it kind of escalates a little bit over that five years. He's a genius. He's, he's a, genius. a wealthy man. What about what if he just hires an O coordinator and a D coordinator just run the show? Okay, you know that's what I, mean? I was gonna say. Is there anything they did this year to change that aspect of it? They have the same assistants, right? Um, this is this is my fear. Is like you they'll get to the tournament again. Like it would be stunning if they didn't. If they have a first round exit, people will say, "Well, they just they couldn't land that point guard in the offseason, so they didn't have a point guard. You got to give them a chance with a point guard." Yeah. That 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 is like I, I already know I the excuse. Yeah, I don't I don't buy that at all. The point guard like that that's something that's totally within his control that he hasn't. I mean the the swing the swing he took with Epps and Sky were that was a legitimate swing, but um, this year he he just didn't get the job done in terms of getting the point guard in. Doc, well done. Oh, one well done one one other one other point I wanted to make on this um, Underwood like long term analysis is so Illinois fans kind of crazy like we're we're talking about a coach in Underwood who has finished in his first six years he's finished tied in the Big Ten tied eleventh tied tenth fourth second for tied first and tied fifth that's excellent. That's an excellent track record, um, and there, there's there's people who have a memory of John Gross, the end of the Bruce Weber era. John Gross finished tied seventh, tied eighth, tied seventh, twelfth, and ninth, making the tournament in his first year with with Bruce Weber's talent. Um, and then the end of the Bruce Weber era didn't you know pan out too well although they did make two tournaments in his last four years if you go back before so so those those gross and end of weber years should not be looked at as the norm for illinois basketball that that should be the exception and that shouldn't for for how i look at underwood that's not the standard that i look at him with i look at the illinois basketball program under the beginning of Weber, Bill Self before that, Lon Kruger before yep. that, and then Lou Henson in the eight seventies, eighties, and nineties had. I mean, I'm I'm just looking at the the finishes in the nineties, going backwards from Lou Henson's last year. They finished in the Big Ten ninth, tied fifth, tied fourth, tied third, eighth, tied third, tied fourth, second, tied third, fourth, tied fourth, second, tied first, tied second. They're they're at they're <laughs> yeah, they're at the top. The exception, yeah, the exception is not finishing ninth, tenth, eleventh, or the the or the rule is not finishing yeah. how Gross did. The rule is finishing how Henson, Kruger, Self, and now how Undy is doing. So, right. so he he's he's totally he's that. meeting the standard right now. He's not yeah. he's not out he's not outdoing it. He's not establishing a new standard. He's he he's reestablishing what yeah. Illinois basketball is. Um, and so I think, you know, at the end of the day, Illinois basketball has not had a ton of success in the tournament as is. Um, like we, we haven't been to a sweet 16 since the, the runner up team since, since Oh four Oh five. So, you know, that's a long it, time. Yeah. So um, that that's the last piece, though, on the undie on the undie segment is that you know the standard should be looking back all the way through Lou Henson. It shouldn't be looking at the gross and end of Weber era. I'm with you, Edge. That's what I'm saying. Top to, when when Doc asked that question earlier, my expectation is top degree every year. Why shouldn't it be? I'm not going to be jaded. We're all jaded by like the gross era. 
and how bad it was. We we got to put that out of our minds. It should never be like that. That was misery. That was pure misery. That was like me watching the twenty three White Sox. You know, oh, man. <laughs> pouring rum and cokes every night. And... <laughs> you poor poor guy, left. Dude, you you guys have no idea. This this was this was a tough one. I renamed the the White Sox my Strap It Down podcast, the White Sox Therapy. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. All right, well done, Doc. Great segment there. So we're, we're, we we got to move on. We're, we're moving on to our next segment. Java Etch, we're scanning the seas. I'm passing to you. Take us through the, the Illini schedule this year. What do you got for me? So the schedule is out. It is quickly approaching the November 6th date against Eastern Illinois at the State Farm Center. First regular season game of the year. Before that, they have an exhibition on October 20th against Ottawa, but whatever, I i don't even know what that is. And then on October 29th, they have the Kansas exhibition, which last year I think was really good for the team, and I gave them a lot of juice going into Vegas. Um, yeah. But but so the, the regular season starts out November 6th, and this jumped out to me. They don't play a road game in November. They play six home games, which... You know, it's the beginning of the year. They're playing some of the smaller schools, um, but they they don't go on the road until December second when they go to the rack, the va- vaunted rack, and take on Rutgers. Um, but so, I went through the the season. I went through the slate, and for the regular season, you know these these numbers. Hopefully, they're right, but I'm I'm pretty bad at math. Um, they have 31 games. They have. I did a quick like. How, how? What's your first feeling? I have them starting out five and one, with the during the month of November, with the only loss being at Marquette, the third game of the year. Marquette, very strong team. Last oh, it's year. At Marquette. It's at. Oh no no I'm sorry it's uh it's at the State Farm Center yeah not on the okay. roads. Um, so we so, played. Wow, I didn't know we played Marquette this year. Yeah, I was gonna say I almost wish it was in Milwaukee. Take a quick drive up north. Yeah, no, I, I don't think they're gonna be being at home. Is does that change your? Yeah, that that changes my outlook a little bit, but I still think just based on I, I, Mar- Marquette didn't didn't make a run in the tournament, but they they were like a top ten team all year last year. It's Shaka's second or third year. Yeah, they um, have that. Cam Smith guard who's awesome and I think yeah. Biggie's player of the year, Kolek, that white point guard who's awesome. Like He's they're awesome. gonna be real they're gonna be really good. They're gonna be really good, and that's gonna be really We're- tough on a new team that doesn't have an established point guard to take on those guys. So out of the first six games, they have Eastern Illinois, Oakland, Marquette, Valpo, Southern Illinois, and Western Illinois. Come out five and one. Then they get into a pretty insane December. Like a little bit of a murderer's row here. <laughs> they go. The rack they go, is tough. They go on the road to the rack December second. Take on take on Rutgers, yeah. who that That's that program is. I don't think they're going to be good this year. They have a uh, Cliff, big Cliff I, still. I, yeah, Cliff's back, but I don't think they'll be as solid as they were the past couple the, of years. I agree with you, Legs, but they're they're. I think their next incoming class is insane. Like I think they have top ten recruits. At least one, maybe, maybe really? multiple, but yeah. So, so maybe the Rutgers game is a win, but you know that's Rutgers at Rutgers at the rack, very tough to play. Then they have Florida Atlantic, national runner-up from last Ooh. year in New York um, at the Garden. So that's a that's a very tough game. Although credit to tough Und- coaching, tough coaching matchup, <laughs> a tough coaching matchup. Although I will give it to Undy, he they play well at these early season. Um, tournaments last year, we know what they did in Vegas. Um, the Java men were there in full force, including getting love from the the cameramen. Um, and and so <laughs> you know may, maybe maybe they give Florida Atlantic a game, but that doesn't that doesn't look like you know a great matchup considering what Florida Atlantic did last year. And then four days later they go yeah yeah, and then four days later they go on the road. They stay on the road to go to Tennessee and take on the number four paid coach in the NCAA, Rick Barnes. <laughs> and I'll tell you that 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 stretch. So they're on the East Coast, and then they 
they go to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. I, wow. I, I, Man, I like, this schedule is tough. That's great. Yeah, so so they're they're gonna be battle tested going into the Big Ten, but that is a very strong, very yeah. tough stretch. And then they have Colgate at home, which tournament you know, team, tournament team. Um, but you know they'll be favored in that game. And then they have bragging rights on December twenty second, St. Louis against Missouri. Um, <sighs> I don't. Are we going to the Lou? I've been trying to go to the Lou for the last two years. You were going two years yeah. ago. There was the, well, two years ago that was like when I don't know COVID blew back up, and then last year it was a snowstorm. Right, I know there you were remember you know, that last year. Yeah, the the snowstorm threw you. Yeah, threw you for you 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 were pushing the uh, the scallywag to try to go to that game, weren't you? To like the bitter end. But it <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I might have been stranded in between, yeah, <laughs> stranded on fifty-five going oh, down the loop. Nightmare that, um, that would not have gone well. So, so that's that's a really tough stretch. Those four four out of five games, they're they're playing very at on the road against like good teams, and then they have Fairleigh Dickinson December 29th. That ends the non-conference. Fairleigh Dickinson is no slouch either. Yeah. So there, so those two games in December that they're at the State Farm Center are against Colgate and Fairleigh Dickinson, two tournament teams that have like established, you know, um, records again, you know, in the tournament. So that is a tough little stretch. Um, the good news is, and how many games is that total, Edge? So, so December, November, November, and December. That's twelve games. That's twelve games in in my okay. little scratch. I had them at nine and three or nine nine and four. I'm sorry. Or Jesus, Mary Joseph. I had them <laughs> at seven and four. So I have them seven and four, losing to Marquette, Rutgers, Florida Atlantic, and Tennessee. Okay. Um, and I think there's a potential for a second game in New York. I, I'm not exactly sure on that. Part oh yeah, with the tournament. Yeah, it's hard to say how that's going to play out. Okay, so seven and four. That probably. I mean, not. I know that's not like a record you want to see, but that's a tough schedule. That's a really tough out of conference schedule, and they've had tough out of conference schedules the last few years, and they've done pretty well. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a good thing for the team. I think it's going to test them. I think it's going to make cream rise to the top in terms of, you know, is tie sinking or swimming, um, is, are the yeah. transfers finding their roles and, you know, and all that. So, so that's out of conference. Then January Underwood's month, um, <laughs> They 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 come into the Big Ten, and the the Big Ten is very gettable this year. I think. Um, they, yeah. I've seen predictions on other other platforms um, that have the Illini. I think like the consensus is anywhere from like three to five. Is that what you guys are seeing? That's yeah. What when I'm you saying. say gettable, I, you're I, not talking about like the top spot, right? Because like Purdue's going to be really good. Yeah. No, I I I think talking about like 2 3 4 exact, 5. Exactly. I think 3 to 5 is the sweet spot, but I do think if if everything goes perfectly, I could see it. I could I could see them getting number 2, but I think number 1 is going to be tough with Purdue and Michigan State both being good. Maryland's on the come. Um but yeah, so so their Big 10 season starts Northwestern at home, that's a W. I, I don't care, boo booey. I don't care about last year. Um, that's a W. Then they go on the road <laughs> to, to Purdue on January fifth. That's tough. Then they have Michigan State at home, and three days later Maryland at home. That's a really tough three game stretch. I don't, I don't feel good about any of those games. Um, even though Michigan State and Maryland are at home, um, so. So we can't beat Maryland. When's the last time we beat Maryland? Especially at Maryland, but this one's at home. And then after that, they go to Michigan. Michigan is. I was looking at CBS predictions. They're they were picked by eleventh by CBS. They're down a ton. They've lost a ton of guys to the NBA. They lose Hunter to Kansas. Um, they 
they're they're very down. And then they have Rutgers at home, you know, probably a win. Northwestern on the road. Hopefully the Javaman can go to that one on January twenty fourth. That's a win. Indiana yes, at sir. home. I think that's a win. Then they go to Ohio State um, at the end of January. Tough game. Always tough to go to Ohio State, but and I don't. I actually don't know. Spinny, you probably have the most sense for Ohio State this year. Um, how are they look? Well, when they they came on late last year because they started out so bad, but they started playing better basketball at the end of the season. And I just don't see Chris Holtman having two bad years in a row. Like his teams are always good. I think last year was the exception um, to the rule and they return a lot of the guys that ended up playing better late, late, late in the season, kind of around the big 10 tournament time. Cause if you remember, they just lost a million close games over the course of like that middle big 10 season. Um, I, yeah. just, I don't see that happening again. I see him picked number eight, um, which to me, <clears throat> so that acknowledges they'll be, competitive or, or bubble team i think they probably out, outperform um the prediction just based on holtman's track record if you take out last year yep they well they ran us out of the gym in columbus you remember that game yeah they did they they killed us yeah and they had talent last year but they that was a that was a brutal stretch i the indiana game at home at the end of january is going to be really interesting i see indiana and this CBS prediction is pick sixth in the Big Ten. I don't, I don't know about that. I feel like with Trace gone, um, that's and Race Thompson, that's going to be really tough. Um, Jalen Hutchfino is obviously gone too, so they're losing a ton. And I, I just don't, I, I, I don't think IU is going to be very good this year. That. I use really, I mean, that, that freshman they have coming in is big time. I just like, that makes me feel good because like, how often do you see a freshman that actually comes in the big 10? It makes a difference. Yeah. Like I, I would assume it wasn't even like to do like as, as a freshman, you really can't come in and like, yeah, make a difference no matter how good you are. They also have that big guy from Oregon who I think was like a top 10 recruit Khalil Ware coming in, but he didn't. He didn't do much at Oregon. Oregon lost Clue where they lost Garrier to the Illini. Um, so that that was the center etch. Yes, that you're talking center about? like a legit, From, yeah, legit seven foot, yeah. like top recruit. Um, I think he's a yeah. sophomore. So we'll we'll have. I'm sure we'll have our IU correspondent Jr. on to discuss that one when the time yeah. comes. Um, yeah. But they trade experience for lower quality, younger and, and younger players tough not a good not a good formula last like last year was their year <laughs> yeah poor who yeah so so then they get out of january <laughs> they get wait, out- wait who's who's the um who's the guy in the message boards <laughs> oh, and, uh, clint? Is it colt is it clint <laughs> clint <laughs> Clint, Clint, I'm trying to remember who that guy Clint's was. down out, outside <laughs> yeah. of Bloomington, just hammering away at the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> Clint, Clint is yeah, gonna. We gotta get Jr. We gotta get some message board updates yeah. from Bloomington. <laughs> yeah, and then um, so then they move into February. Nebraska at home, W, at Michigan State. That's tough. That's a tough one. Um, then they get Michigan at home. Penn or uh, Maryland on the road. That's a tough one. That's a loss. Uh, Penn State on the road. I think Penn State's gonna have a really big fall. Obviously, with losing all their talent and then losing their coach. Um, the boogeyman. That that Penn State. Although the coach is gone. Yeah, Shrews went to the Irish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that um yeah. that Maryland team is gonna be really interesting. That's kind of like to me. That's the unknown and. In this season, in dude, the Big they're Ten. dark. They're dark horse. I think they come in and they could take over the league with that coach. And that Maryland's had great teams in the past. Like he could be the next guy in the league, in my opinion. Like he's just what he did at Seton Hall comes in immediately at Maryland, and they're a good team. That's a, that's a scary program. That's a scary, program. much scarier than Indiana. Yep. So Young's good too. That guard, that lefty. That kid's that kid's good. Yeah, I was disappointed to see he was back. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I think going on the road for sure is going to be a tough one there. So then, so at Maryland, at Penn State, then on February 24th, Iowa at home, followed by Minnesota at home. I think Iowa is going to be bad. Um, yeah. I think Minnesota is going to be very bad. Very bad. Um, so those those are two Ws. I think at Wisconsin, tough. Cole Center has become um, State Farm yeah. Center North. But yeah, Br- and, Brad doesn't lose the Wisconsin. Yeah, Brad doesn't. Let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, and Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, I just Wisconsin basketball <laughs> just doesn't do it. Um, but you know, go, going on the road like end of a long season. We got to get our, you know, we got to get our big banter uh, Badger correspondents on to see how they they're feeling about their recent Illini dominance in basketball. Yeah, we, that would be interesting. I don't should. know about Iowa. Actually, you think they'll? How bad do you think they'll be? Well, I think. Um, I mean, losing Murray does not help. Yeah, He's so the, the Murray player, Murray's yeah. are gone. Yeah, that's big. He, he was very good. I th- like McCaff- Pat McCaffrey's back. Um, and besides him, like Sandiford, he's okay. Who's, he's good though. He's good. He can score it. Yeah, I. It just seems like better. It just seems like they losing Murray's going to be really tough for them to overcome. And I don't know. I think like Fran, kind of like Undy, has built a good program. Um, and so maybe I don't. The CBS prediction has them finishing tenth. Maybe they can outdo that projection. But um, either way, that game is at home. So. And then in March, so yeah. after after Wisconsin, they have Purdue at home, and then five days later, March 10th, they're on the road to finish out the regular season at Iowa. Um, God, think, you're right, Etch. This is outside of one and two. It's very gettable. I would say Maryland might be the exception where I think they're, if they're pick four, I think Maryland's for sure going to be pretty good. But you have one, two, Purdue, Michigan State, Maryland should be is going to be good. Other than that, like there's nobody that is um, scary. No. Yeah. So I think there, there was an interesting thing that I saw. Um, I read an article today in the Big Ten. I think there's six or seven teams where the top scorer from the previous year is coming back, and we already ripped off a couple guys that like Iowa. They're losing their top guy. So I, like Boo Boo, he's coming back. Mm-hmm. What what's the Jameer Young, is it, from Maryland? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a very experienced conference. But but a lot of average teams. But does, aside yeah, this from is the like, top two. I wonder how many bids they're going to get. As it feels... Yeah. Well, it's hard It's hard to say. It kind of feels like a, You're gonna a see low... How they play. low yeah, it kind of feels like a low bid year. Seven, eight, yeah. maybe. Um, so, so anyway, schedule's interesting. Easy to start. Very difficult December. Pretty good January, pretty good February, and then March. It's all about March, as the Pede knows. All about March. Um, and the Big Ten tournament is where this year? Minneapolis. What? Minneapolis. Yeah. Minneapolis. March 13th through 17th, which... Interesting. Yeah, that's a six-hour drive okay. from the greater Chicagoland area, so... <laughs> Quick flight. <laughs> Um, so we'll, I was hoping, so that's, that's, um, that's what's coming, huh? A, a dinner at Elmo's would be in order, but it's not indie. Interesting. So, so big picture, what I, what I thought of when I was going through the schedule is Illinois has a ton coming back. TSJ proven all big 10 caliber player. He'll be first team all big 10 mm-hmm. Cole, you know, and you, you hope that his health holds up cause he has had injury history in the past. Um, talking about TSJ, but assuming his yep. health holds out all big 10 Coleman, maybe not all big 10 first team, but in terms of having the biggest influence on the team, he has that ability. So they, they have two of the top, let's call it eight to 10 players in the big 10 on their team. I would say they have, um, mm-hmm. they have a sophomore who's going to get a ton of responsibility and tie not proven. They have Sincere, who's going to be like the spark plug again, but in a bigger role. Um, they have Dane, 
coming back. The Java, I think the the squad wishes that Dane had a minimized role, and the Pete, I think for that matter, wishes that he had less of a role on the team. But he comes back. He's bringing like I think nine points a game back um, to the Illini. And the dancing then, bear. Yeah, and then the two they have two guys who scored a ton of points at mid mid majors. Damask sixteen point seven at Southern, and then Justin Harmon Utah Valley fourteen. So those guys, assuming they can slot in and and be good role players, but also score. They have a ton of scoring coming back. If you, if you, um, if you, so I added up their points per game coming back. They have forty-seven point six, and then I didn't even mention Gary either. So they have forty-seven point six points coming back from players who played on the Illini last year. But then if you add in Harmon, Damask, and Gary that's another thirty-nine point seven. So that's eighty-seven point three points coming back from the NCAA last year. They have the potential. Obviously, yeah. a lot I mean, of it is going to ride yeah. on the point guard, but they have the potential to have a lot of scoring. And one thing I don't worry about with Undy is the defense. So looking at the schedule, yep. looking at the schedule, they have a very gettable Big Ten. They have a really tough December. But if this if this team comes together, which I think they're more likely to than they were last year when they had two freshman guards and a uh, monster who's playing with one shoe and drinking six monsters <laughs> before games. You know, that that's not necessarily – that doesn't scream glue guy to me. Um, Damask and Harmon scream glue guys. I think this team has the chance to be at the top of the Big Ten, which is where mm-hmm. Undy has established culture. I like it. Culture. I like it. Let's so go, we'll baby. See. Let's go. I'm, I'm pumped. That's what I'm talking about. All right, gents, we got to wrap this thing up. I want, I'm going to go around the horn real quick, and I want Big Ten wins for the year, and I want where we're placing. Doc, I'm starting with you. So I, I, I like where Etch was going. Like, I don't, I don't think they can get um, first or second place in the league. Like, they definitely are not going to win the league, I don't think, unless everything goes perfect, and I don't see that happening. Purdue... Purdue is similar to what we're talking about where like they just want to do well in the tournament. Like I bet they could care less if they win yeah. um, the league next year. <laughs> uh, they, like yep. they're just, they're just like us. And that's just like a, it's, it's, it's crazy that painter hasn't been to um, uh, a final four. Uh, and may, and maybe fitting that he wasn't on your list of 15 highest paid coaches. Yeah. There you go. He's not, he's not on, he's not on the top 15. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, that's Tanner's a good coach. <laughs> that's a good point. But so, okay, so legs. Where do where do they finish? Uh, I think it's the league is not as deep or as competitive. I don't think as it, as it usually is. Um, except at that at that top spot, I do think Michigan State will probably finish number two. I'm taking Illinois at at number three with a twelve and eight record. Wow. All right. My nice. NCAA my NCAA tournament predictions is gonna is really how uh, you know how how well does Ty Rogers transition if he becomes a really you know serviceable point guard with all the other things he can do then that that that's like their ceiling I think their their floor is a first round exit in the tournament and that's probably the likely outcome first or second round exit if Ty Rogers can be a, a a difference maker at point guard, then they're then they go to the second weekend. But it, it, a lot of it comes down to him because you just you can't have a bad point guard and get to the second weekend. Yeah. All right, Atch, I'll go and then you close us out. And I, I'm with you, Doc. I, I'm gonna just be slightly, you know, I'm drinking rum straight tonight, so I'm gonna be a little more optimistic. Thirteen and seven, second overall. I think we. Tie MSU, 13 wins, but we have the tiebreaker on them. Well, I don't know. I mean, are we playing them twice? Did, did Was that twice, Etch, or are we on the road? I, I heard on the road against MSU. We have Michigan State twice, and we have Maryland yeah. twice. Right. We have Purdue well, twice. You know, there's going to be some tiebreaker action because I think we're going to split those. I don't know if we'll split Purdue, but I, we're going to split the others. And I, I say second, 13 and seven. 
I am right on board with you, Lex. 13 and 7, and I think they're going to be third in the Big Ten. Um, look, if if Ty, Ty, Ty is there's, – there's two things that I love about Ty. I've already mentioned the first, BMW in the dark. <laughs> the late night. He's a dog, baby. Yeah, late night, Ooh, early, early morning. Out, I, don't, I don't think Ty distinguishes <laughs> between late night, early morning. Um, he's just always <laughs> on the grind in his beamer. But the other thing I the other thing I love about him is that when last season ended, and there's all this chaos, stormy seas. What the hell's going on mm-hmm. with Coleman? Jaden Epps, he's out. You know, nuclear bomb off. Like freshman point guard who got all the opportunity in the world transfers mm-hmm. um all this all this crap swirling around like the one guy who didn't put out any social media didn't put out anything was ty and i yeah. think ty had a Respect. comment ty had a comment like early in the off season where he acknowledged that and said like yeah why would i put out a statement ty ty's old school ty's old school he's not going to get I don't think he's going to get too high. I don't think he's going to get too low. I have faith in him. I mean, it's just like, yeah, can he actually do the shooting? <laughs> which is hey, which is tough. So he can't anyway. shoot worse than Curbelo etch. No, All right, so th- we're in a good, line. except from the line. <laughs> you know, there, there's consensus on number three, right? And I think what I said, twelve and eight. You said yeah. thirteen and seven. There, I yeah. don't think there's any way they're ten and ten or worse. Like they're going to be over five hundred. They're going to go to the tournament. Yeah, you know, barring any agreed. catastrophic injuries, and then we're just in the same boat as before. Can they, can they get over that hump? We'll see. But there was a long time where there was no confidence that they'd get into a tournament, right? So, uh, props to BU from. Don't the go P. back to the gross days, Doc. Don't do it to me, man. Those days are long gone. BU's got him the in a gross good spot. Weber. Hey, BU is a good program builder, maybe elite. <laughs> I'm I'm excited for this Boys, season. Let's do it. The Java men are pumped. Java Edge Doc. I had a blast tonight. Thanks for joining. Thanks, We're gonna guys. have a great season. I can't wait. I, I think we gotta get a, maybe one or two more before um, the the first game of the season in November. But boys, thanks for joining tonight. We'll catch you guys next time. I L L. I N I. Later. See ya. Yeah, it's time to walk the plank.